Let Eurovision Queens begin! Welcome to Eurovision Queens, a podcast that explores and celebrates the glory that is the Eurovision Song Contest. Hello, I'm Andy. And I'm Ryan. Welcome to a special episode of Eurovision Queens in which we look at those songs and performers that have reached the final of Melody Grand Prix 2024, the Norwegian National Final. And we are very excited about this because we will be at that final. We will. It's true. We will be in Trondheim at the Spectrum Arena. Judging. Yeah, we'll be very judgy, won't we? From afar. Yeah. From the cheap seats. I hope we judge tenderly. Ooh. (laughs) Yeah, we have a vested interest this year, do we not? We do. This year, Kano returned to Melody Grand Prix for a third time. Yeah. And we had an interview with them earlier this week. Yeah. If you're keeping up with Eurovision Queens, you'll know that we had a special interview episode with them that dropped last week in which we talked in some detail with... Alexandra, Tom and Fred about their hopes for Eurovision this year, the song Dam Digadar and a lot more besides. But before we get into that, I think we've got another official Eurovision 2024 song that we need to look into. We have. It's Slovenia's entry, which is Raven by Veronica. What do we think of this, the fourth song that has officially been announced in this year's Eurovision? I don't know. Shall we have a little listen? We ought. hugely like it i know this is a song that will grow on me and i'll get to know the different elements of it the different feels of different moments of it yeah. and i think this will really grow on me and by the time we we watch it in amsterdam and london when we go to our eurovision parties we're going to really like it a lot but i'm going to try and remember this point at which i first heard it and i thought it's not all that it's not enough on the first listen. Well, that's going to be the issue, isn't it? That Eurovision fans will take a song like this to heart. Yeah. And then on the Saturday night when all the... Regular what, people. The, <laughs> the air quotes, normal people <laughs> yeah. listen to this, they won't get it. And then all the Eurovision fans will get annoyed because this doesn't do very well or something yeah, like that. exactly. It has the possibility to be that. Yeah. Because hearing it once, if you were put a gun to my head and said, sing some of it back, I wouldn't know. I don't know why I'm going to remember the music video. I can't think why that might be. There's a lot of skin in it. There is. (laughs) I'm hoping that transfers onto the stage. How cold is it in Malmo in May? Oh, I think there's always a chance of snow in Sweden, let's be honest. Whenever we go, they said, oh, it's only snowing because you're here. It's like, yeah, whatever time of year it is, I think there's a possibility of snow. Although it's southern Sweden, so, you know. It's probably just going to be raining. Let us move on 
So how's the format of this episode going to work? I'm glad you asked. We will be reviewing the nine songs that have made it to the final in Trondheim, and we'll be taking them in the order of the semi-finals so far. So moving from semi-final one to two to three, and we'll cover each of the three songs from each of the semi-finals that got through, and we'll be judging their performances and the songs themselves. We're not going to give them a score this time, though. We're just going to critique. And at the end of the nine songs, we will tell you which three songs are going to be the top of the heap. Our top of the heap. Yes, our unqualified top of the heap. So if you're on board, get a drink, maybe a bite to eat. I don't know. I don't know if you're peckish or not. Sit back and we'll get the episode started with that familiar anthem. Okay, so who are we starting with, Ryan? Up first, we've got Margaret Berger. Ah, Margaret, who appeared at Eurovision before in 2013. With the song Oblivion. Margaret Berger, Oblivion. with Oblivion. What do we think of her performance in the semi-final and the song more generally? So this is one of the early favourites, wasn't it? Definitely. Obviously because she's got the recognition behind her. Yeah, she's got form. The song I Feed You My Love, which was brilliant. Loved it. I remember we wanted it to win back in 2013. Finished fourth, which is a very good showing. What's your fun fact? My fun fact is that that was... The Eurovision Song Contest in 2013, and it was in Malmö. Hmm. Yeah. So she could be going back to Malmö. To Malmö. Yeah, to mm. the place of her, her previous strong showing in Eurovision. Now, she was actually born in Trondheim, so she's going back home. So that might be in her favour. I don't know. But let me know, Ryan, what do you think about the staging first and the performance? I'm a bit confused and I'm just a bit all over the place really with this. And it's going to be more of a broadly Melody Grand Prix. Um, I think the mix of the music's all wrong. 
Oh, do you? And the audio and the music, all the levels are a bit wrong. Okay. Because the music's too high and the vocals are too low. Okay. So everything's got a bit of a muddy oh. sound to it. And I feel like this one particularly really suffers with that. Okay. So there's not the good rise and fall in the vocals so much for me. For me, personally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But it's a good song. I like the song. It took me a little while to get into it. Mm. It took me about three or four listens to like it. Yeah. But I do now like it. But the live performance I found was a bit static and a bit dull and far too grey because she's in a grey suit. She's got like four backing dancers who are in grey suits doing like a contemporary sort of routine. Yeah. So I asked a question during the performance. I said, are they not wearing shoes? And then your answer was... Yeah, you can't do contemporary dance with shoes on. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. Yeah, this quite grey, isn't it? When you consider... The song, I know there's fire going off and stuff, but it doesn't wow you. However, I have to say, I love it now. I do love this song. I find it addictive. I do love the feel of it. I love the flow of it. But I do remember what you're saying about the muddy. I remember feeling that, particularly when I was hearing it just on audio. Yeah. That I couldn't distinguish, particularly the lyric Oblivion. I was thinking, why is it called Oblivion? Because it's kind of hidden in the song. But now I know it because it's kind of the hook. But it's the end of a, a verse sort of thing. Yeah, and it, it sort of trails off yeah. in that version. And yeah. you hear the electronic music beats more than you hear the lyrics. Yeah. Is there a chance that Margaret Berger will get more points because she's known? I mean, she was second in Norwegian Idol in Norway. And of course, she represented Norway very favorably in 2013. Do you think she'll get points just because of who she is and the people will know her? I don't think so. No? I, don't, I think that works maybe for the semis, but for finals, yeah. I don't think that really comes into effect. Yeah. So no. how do you think it's going to do? I think it'll be top end. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. But I can't see it winning. No. I just can't. No, not in this iteration. Okay. Yeah, it needs... You want to play around with the song. It needs levelling up a bit, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, very specific critique there, thank you. I know, I'm sorry, but Don't yeah. apologise, it was good. I like the detail. <laughs> so we move on to the second song, Goth Minister, with We Come Alive. Goth Minister, We Come Alive. That was Goth Minister with We Come Alive. Goth Minister is a Norwegian gothic and industrial metal band formed 25 years ago now. They're a band, but really we can only see in this performance Bjorn Alexander Brem, who's the lead vocalist. So what do we make of this song? I know how much you enjoy gothic slash industrial metal. So do you want to take the lead on this one? <laughs> I've not got much to say. I mean... 
this just isn't my bag. It's very much like Lordy Hard Rock Hallelujah. It's exactly the same genre, exactly the same sound. I, I think because it's a character as well. Yeah. I predicted that Lordy would win with Hard Rock Hallelujah and I was dead right. But that was 2006. This is 2024. I just think it's not the time for this. I think it'll do well. I think it'll get in the top five, but I don't think it will win. I have to say as well that I found the lead singer a slight embarrassing because it felt he was a bit old to be dressing up like this. And I was thinking, yeah, haven't you grown out of this yet, mate? I think the issue is with the press release images, yeah. it's all very dark and sinister. Yeah. And then on stage, his sort of crown is clearly made out of foam. Yeah, it's really cheap. And like cheap. spray painted. It's really cheap. It's like... It's like Doctor Who, like second level <laughs> of prop. Yeah, and then and it's like, hopefully this will be better as well. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do think like the staging of this one is good because you have him as a dark character in the background and then you've got this young girl playing with a doll a pink doll house and there's a doll with the him, character yeah. of him as a doll yeah yeah and then she gets cleverly switched out halfway through to a, a dancer version of the same character but but she's like got gothic eyes and yeah, stuff she's kind of zombified isn't she? yeah so she's sort of embracing that is it a story about childhood moving into adolescence and, and kids becoming goths and is that what it's about? It could be. Maybe. Like leaving childish things behind, like the dolls, and actually going into this gothic world where everything's not pink and things are more dark and you wear dark eye makeup and you don't wear your pink dresses anymore. <laughs> I think my issue with this is that it's very repetitive. Yeah. I know why, because the chorus repeats itself yeah. twice. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the chorus, they then repeat the We Come Alive hook. Mm-hmm. So it's that sort of repeat, repeat, repeat. Yeah. But then there's also not really enough vocal range in it. Yeah. So while it's a good song, this will easily fall at the jury vote section of oh, yeah, like Eurovision. Sometimes juries are weird and they're like, oh yeah, we like that gothic song. I don't know, juries are odd. I don't think you can always say what juries are going to like. Okay, fair enough. But I know what you're saying. Yeah, that does make sense on one level. I would say that the repetitive nature of the song means that you first hear it, you've got it. Yeah. And that's in its favour. Yeah. And it's got a distinct style yeah. in visuals and everything. So I think it does tick a lot of boxes. Have you got anything more to say about Goth Minister? I'm not surprised it got through to the final. No. We'll wait and see. We will. Okay, so the third song to get through, Ingrid Yasmin with Ea. Ingrid Yasmin, Ea. Yeah. 
Okay, so that was Ingrid Yasmin with AR. What do you think, Ryan? Got feelings about this. <laughs> you always have feelings. I just feel like there's not enough singing in this. There's too much sort of like feeling a beat and doing something. Okay. This is where my Len Goodman kicks in from Strictly when he used to be like, there's Nothing's a lot of faffing. Yet. Yeah. Nothing's happened yet. Yeah. It's not making the most of the three minutes, is it? No. But then you could say that about Noah Carell's Unicorn from Israel last year, couldn't well, you? Well, and I very much did. <laughs> you did. You didn't hold back on that, Len. This is very much like a Cypriot or Greek or Turkish song. A lot of people online are comparing it to Ella by Andromaki from Cyprus in 2022. I see the similarities. The instrument, the Munharp, which is a Norwegian instrument, very like the instrument that plays on the Nox trap from Hungary. The song um, Farage Filage, which I loved a few years ago. Oh, quite a few years ago now like 2005, maybe something like that, a long time ago. But yeah, the sound start of that was very much the same. I think this gets away with a lot because she's pretty and she's got dancers who are pretty and they're all dancing around in the same colour and it feels like a performance, it feels like a unit, but you were just getting annoyed by that, weren't you? Yeah, there's just too much faffing going on. It's catchy, though. Uh, we've listened to it quite a few times oh, now. do you think? Yeah. It did um, stand out initially for me, though, just because it was a different sound to be coming out of Norway. But again, it's a different sound coming out of Norway, but it could be coming out of anywhere. If you heard this, it's just like a weird Eurovision song that you couldn't place. Okay. Is that wrong? No, I mean, I think it's deliberately playing on the fact that it's from Norway, so it's choosing to be something that isn't Norwegian uh, to stand out. I think it's good to be doing something different. Yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't quite land for me. Okay. The vocals are stronger yeah. than what we've heard for other songs. But at the same time, yeah. if you if you condensed all the singing together, you've probably got about a minute's worth. <laughs> so you didn't like the dance break then? No. no. You're not a fan of a dance break, are you? Not really. <laughs> I think this will do well, but I think it'll be mid-table. I think it'll be about fifth or sixth, something like that. Yeah, that's my opinion. Okay, so they are all the songs that were from semi-final one. So we're going to move on to the ones from semi-final two now. So the next song is Gote with Ulva. Gote, Ulva Hammer. What do we think of Goethe's performance? 
I think we're seeing the fallout of Go A. And Very Go A, isn't it? Yeah, their influence on the song contest as a whole. Yeah. Now, this is a song that is predicted to do very well. Mm-hmm. It's a group that's popular with the Norwegian public. It's progressive folk rock, I think is what they're calling it. And she's a strong lead vocalist. So the most notable member of the band is the lead singer Gunhild Sundli. I think Magnus Bormach is also well known and talked of. They've played loads of music festivals. As I said, they're very well known in Norway. Predicted to get a huge chunk of the popular vote. I'm emotionally preparing myself for this, yeah. Yeah. And especially after sort of cha-cha-cha and that sort of way of embracing more local artists or a more local style rather than trying to get something to fit Eurovision. Yeah. I can see this going the distance. Yeah, it's kind of odd because it just leaves me cold. And I like folk rock, but this just seems like lots of wailing. And it wasn't until about the fourth or fifth time I heard it that I even got a tune out of it. Mm. So I'm thinking, if this does well, it's simply because people like the style of this sort of song and they enjoy the feel of it. But it can't be because it's a good song, I don't think. I think it's one of those songs where it's got a time and a place to listen to it, but that time and place is very specific. Okay. And it's like... At a a music festival. (laughs) Yeah, you want to be angry at something and you're in your feelings, whereas you wouldn't put this on to do the dishes or to drive somewhere in the car or something like that. You really have to be in a very particular mindset to listen to this. Yeah. And I'm not... Yeah, I'm not sure where that would be. Yeah. It's probably in a dark industrial warehouse... With lots of other people and a smoke machine going and like really kind of having a fight or something. I've got a fact for you. Okay. Do you know what gote means in Norwegian? No. It means riddle. Okay. Good fact. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that hasn't enriched your life, that fact. (laughs) It's confused me even more. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's the point of a riddle, surely. Mm. Um, Yeah, I don't really like the performance because she sat on, well, she stood on a rotating rocky outcrop i think it looks cheap and a bit theatrical production-y but that's kind of the point it's i don't know and it rotates and i'm like whatever love i think when some performances tell a story then that's good and this one doesn't tell a story it's just a band performing yeah and it's like i will bung a rock there and a bit of a a bit of a plant yeah it's cheap it doesn't add anything i think it has potential like, if it does go to Eurovision, it, spend some money it, it will do well yeah. and it will punch through all the, like, the ballads or the, yeah. you know, it'll, it'll do well. Just not really our thing. <laughs> no. Yeah. But it will do well. Yeah, it'll probably be top three, won't it, this song? I think so, yeah. Yeah, and you, you're, you're getting ready for it to win. I'm and getting ready for it to win and not to be upset. And for us to leave the Spectrum Arena. Quickly. Quickly. And in floods of tears. No. We'll, we'll, we'll beat the... We'll beat the flood out. We'll probably go. To we a... won't see the gold confetti at the end. <laughs> we'll probably go to a bar and drown our sorrows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but um, that's okay. That's okay. I'm prepared. <laughs> Drink through the tears. I try not be as upset as in 2021. Oh, I know. So up next, we're going to go completely in the opposite musical direction. We really are. And we're going to have Super Rob and Erica Norwich with My AI. Super Rob, Erica Norwich. My AI. 
Super Rob and Erica Norwich with my AI. It was. <laughs> this is another one where I think there's a strong chance it could win regardless of the performance. I think a lot of people were interested to see how this would transfer on stage. Yeah. And it didn't do it very well. No, it, was so, it felt so static. There's so many things wrong with this yeah. in, a, in a way that could have been fine. Particularly when you consider that Milo didn't go through. Yes. I know that was, had problematic lyrics, but... The nurses dance and how wonderful the staging, the singing, oh, and everything. Yeah, loved it. And this was a heap of crap compared. This started very similar to um, Gemini for me. Yeah, with the first note being a car crash, and then Erica never vocally recovering. No, she didn't. And so you could tell she was knocked by it. Yeah, exactly. For a song where it's half sung and half sort of conversational mm-hmm. from her part there was never that time to recover so it was just yeah not great yeah and apparently she was upset but also really happy that she got through but she felt she didn't acquit herself well and so was surprised she got through and i think it was because of the gimmickiness of it mm. it's because it's different to the other songs it's got a robot it's got the kids voting for it mm. you'll get a huge vote from kids obviously and also it's the sort of thing you know the british public would vote for just because it's kind of oh this is silly eurovision yeah that's sort of feel not realizing that those sort of songs don't really win eurovision but i think subwoofer did this well yes when they had that character that came in and yeah. sang in a weird way yeah which i don't think super rob <laughs> translates to that Stup- because it's stupid rob <laughs> well it's just because it's a robot where the mouth doesn't move yeah you don't think that voice is coming from it so you don't know where it is coming from so you don't connect it to being on the stage it, it's just a, a recording really yeah. Yeah. so again i don't know how much of this is a singing song and how much of it is just a big gimmick yeah it, it's all just one big gimmick and it's just playing into present trends everyone talking about ai so it makes sense to do that but it's just there's nothing to it obviously it has aqua vibes mm. um, very much and it's the sort of song that gets stuck in your head it gets so stuck in your head yeah i hate myself for actually humming it sometimes <laughs> But then it is catchy. I hate you for that too. I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah. So again, it'll do well. But I think regardless of the performance, actually, regardless of what she does, it'll do well. But I can't see it winning. No, I can't see it winning. No. And I'm glad about that. It'll be a fun one to have in the final. Yeah. I'm not sure how we're going to feel about watching it in the final. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's probably going to look good on TV and look a bit weird in the... I know, I'd have been screaming for Milo and the nurses, honestly. Oh, I'd love to have seen them live. Oh, it's so annoying. Oh, well. Yeah, Eric and Orich and Super Rob, good luck. Likatil. <laughs> but not for me. But it'll do well enough. Okay, next up we have Dog Eric Oxford and Anne Fogamore. 
with Judge Tenderly of me. Dag Erik Oxholm och Anne Fagermor. Judge Tenderly of me. you all alone the girl who had never loved and the one who didn't care at all flowers in her hair makes me tremble in faded blue jeans I crumble anything I do Okay, so that was Dog Eric Oxfold and Anne Fergamore. What do we think? Semi-final two really took us on a journey, didn't it? <laughs> so did. <laughs> up a dark alley and then came up with this as one of the ones that got through. I mean, I think this only got through, honestly, because I think Milo was fourth place. And I think it was because of all the shit he got in the media about the song lyrics. Yeah. I think this one sneaked it when really it's pretty unmemorable. It's a nice, pretty song. Yeah, it's a pretty well-sung song, which is what I've been asking for. (laughs) Yeah. But this just kind of sends me to sleep a bit. It does a bit. It's very earnest. Yes. Yes. The song titled Judge Tenderly of Me comes from a poem by the American poet Emily Dickinson. And that poem is called This Is My Letter to the World. Um, I'm going to read it to you. Let's have a dramatic reading. This is my letter to the world that never wrote to me. The simple news that nature told with tender majesty. Her message is committed to hands I cannot see. For love of her sweet countrymen, judge tenderly of me. So it uses not just judge tenderly of me, but some other bits as well. But then it adds other lyrics in. One of my problems is that some of the other lyrics are a bit corny. Like in my faded blue jeans and all that sort of stuff. And I don't really kind of like all the lyrics they use. They're really leaning into the bluegrass Americana. Yes, it is very Americana. I don't mind Americana and I don't mind the song. It just doesn't grab you enough. I feel like it shouldn't be a duet. Okay. I feel like it should just be her. Okay. I quite like it when they're singing at each other. It's kind of a little bit of a duel though. Yeah, but I think she's a bit more different and unusual. I would definitely buy a ticket to her show. Yes, I like her. She's different, isn't she? Yeah. He's a bit smug. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's sort of overperforming it, and it like right. I'm going to show you what an he's actual song of, is, and it's just like mm. yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it's it's good. It's a bit of a palate cleanser at this point. I think which gonna, is good. I think it's going to come eighth or ninth, eighth or ninth though. Yeah, I don't think this is going to go high. No, I just don't, mm. lad. So anyway, judge tenderly of me. Thank you for listening to Eurovision Queens. Why not come and have a conversation with us on Twitter at EuroQueensPod? Or if you're on Instagram, we're Eurovision Queens, where we're uploading lots of very exciting reels. 
On both of those, there's also a link in our bio to our Spotify playlist for everything that we've played in the show so far. Back to the show. On to semi-final three. Yes, now you may notice a difference in sound quality. We have not merely moved room. We've actually moved to a different country (laughs) to record the rest of this podcast. It's very on-brand for us. (laughs) (laughs) It so is. So yes, we're actually talking to you from Northern Ireland. So we're going to ask you to catch yourself on. (laughs) (laughs) Now we've discovered that that is not actually me being racist because someone said it to me yesterday, didn't they? Within about three hours of being here. Yeah. So it's okay for me to say it everywhere now. Yep. Catch yourself on. We, they weren't saying it to me, by the way. I didn't have to catch myself on. <laughs> it was, it's an anecdote that was being told to us. Crashing on. So, we are now looking at semi-final three. We are going to talk about the three songs that qualified for the final in Trondheim. Which one are we going to talk about first, Ryan? And Princess with Save Me. And Princess, Save Me. think of and princess i like this one mm-hmm. i like it a little bit less with the staging yeah the staging was quite odd wasn't it because they were kind of in prison camp gray again yes. very margaret Berger um with her dances they no, were I pretty see, much no, wearing no, the same no, thing. no 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 that was gray <laughs> chic this is like we're in a prison camp we've just been literally unchained so we can move about a bit all have no shoes on. It's because this is Ryan's rule. You're only doing contemporary dance if you're not wearing any shoes. Exactly. And then there was this weird sort of slanty platform that they would run up that and was then the roof dive that they were all falling I off. I think that was it? the roof. The roof that was falling down. Yes. <laughs> the song. But they were quite rude to her, weren't they? Little Anne, Anne Princess. She was like trying to get close to them and they kept rejecting her. Yeah. It was like the backing dancers really hated her. <laughs> it was. It was so... It's such a weird routine. Because you can't... Yeah. You want... Yeah, she's supposed to be the star of her performance. But she was rejected all the yeah. way through the song. Yeah, and it's like, what's going on? Yeah. I did think it was quali- it would qualify. I said it would get through as the third one. Mm. But is it enough to do well in the final? I'm not sure. It was one that I would always sing back after listening to it because it's got that whistle hook, which is good. Yeah. So yeah, it's a good one, but I think it would probably be middle table. Do you know what it reminded me of a bit was... 
in Melody Festivalen when you had Mariette singing One Day and they had those people at the background yes. on the on the, on the um, skating ramp. ramp. Yes. Running up and down. And that, they kept going yeah. back to do that. And this and this one, they kept going back onto the roof to jump off the roof. Yeah. And, and they get caught by yes. the other people. And it yeah. just felt really quite busy and over the top. And it's like, do you really need to do all of yeah. that? Because it kind of took away from her vocals and from her centrality to the song. It did. Ooh, good. That's deep. I know. I can't help it. The only thing about this one that I also struggle with is the eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Yeah, from the bit. very beginning, when we first heard the song, you said, oh, I don't like that bit. Yeah. I don't know. There's sort of like this juvenile sort of weirdness it's just, to it's it. It's a bit basic, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And for that to be like the bridge, yeah. it just doesn't work for me. But it's a catchy little song. Mm-hmm. Not catchy enough, I don't think. I think this will be like kind of sixth or seventh on the night. But yeah, worthy finalist, I think. Indeed. Okay, so moving on to the penultimate song now. And we are going to talk about Mia and Green Lights. Mia, Green Lights. Turn around, heading down memory lane right now And that's not a place for us, it hurts too much Every time you and I read the signs, we got it wrong It's always the same with us, avoid the crossroads So where do we go? Cause right now we're going So that was Mia with green lights. Indeed it was. If you couldn't tell from all the green lights. She had green lights. She did have green lights. I like it when a song has the thing that it's <laughs> talking about. He's clapping. I'm clapping. <laughs> but it has the thing you're talking about. I think it's just sort of like a Eurovision audience is quite basic. And for them to get behind a song, they need to visually see the thing that people are talking about sometimes as well. Not always. But it helps because the average viewer will be watching this thing. Oh, what was that song? Oh, yeah, it had green lights. And it was, she was singing about green lights. You can imagine the highlights reel at the end. It would be that bit right at the end with all the green lights. And it would be really powerful yeah. on that. But my problem is it takes a long time to ramp up to that part. And this is the song from the very beginning when we first heard it um, a few weeks ago that we felt it was several songs in one. Mm. I would have to say it felt much more coherent when I saw it performed live on the night. However, that's because of familiarity as much as anything, probably. I think so. And I don't think she quite had enough stage presence to be there on her own. Mm. And then that weird running across the stage and doing... Oh, no, like... no, let's talk about that. <laughs> I don't know if any of you are Victoria Wood fans, but... Mrs. Overall in Acorn Antiques, in the musical version of Acorn Antiques, she'd run across the stage like that with her arms, and it was just really embarrassing. It was meant to be embarrassing. Don't dance, Mia. I don't think... It was a weird sort of side-shuffly, wavy arm thing. It was so weird. 
it was too artificial and deliberate. Yeah. It was a shame. Oh, but it, it amused me no end. It, I enjoyed it because it was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I just, I think for someone like Dotter, who has such a stage presence, yeah. who can really carry a yeah. song yeah. and do that, it just didn't quite have something like that for me. It also had old Eurovision outfit vibes. You know how oh. you know how you see a Eurovision outfit that ten or twenty years later, like for instance Charlotte Nielsen's or someone's, yeah, and they say, "Oh, look, that was her Eurovision outfit." It already looked like an old Eurovision outfit. Yeah, so she had some sort of weird, like swampy seaweed going. That started from yeah. one shoulder, went across her chest, yeah. and then all the way down the opposite leg, yeah. and there was sort of into sil- like a flare. And there were silvery satiny trousers, weren't they? Yeah, and it just was, it was like, a costume. Yeah, it was a Eurovision costume. I I would imagine they would get rid of that if that went through to Do you think? Eurovision. I'd like to imagine. Yeah, because it did look like a swamp thing. Yeah, not feeling that. No. But the song, I like the song very much now. I think it'll do really well. I really do think it'll do well on the night, on the final. Yeah, I just, I feel like it starts to get going and then it drops off. And then it gets going again and then it's just a bit fragmented. Okay. For me. For me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Green Lights by Mia. Good staging, apart from the dancing and the costume. (laughs) But, um, yeah, a song that doesn't quite deliver as much as we'd like it to, maybe. But has the potential. Yeah. Now, we've had a long wait to get to this final song. We think it was deliberately left to last by the organisers of Melody Grand Prix. What are we talking about, Ray? We are off to Kano with Dum Digada. Kano, Dum Digada. Before the song there, you said we're off to Kano. It made it sound like Kano was an island. What, they, what do we think of about a Kano island? They did have a digital soundscape place. <laughs> I think they called it Kano Land or something. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Like on, in Meta, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. How funny. Yeah. So it's already a thing. Maybe that's why it's planted in my head. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, what did we make of Kano's performance? Or oh, can we say Kano again finally? Because the announcers... They were definitely last night saying Kaino or Kaino. Yeah, Kaino rather than Kaino, which is what we've always said. But when we met them, Mm. they definitely call themselves Kaino. 
Well, they call themselves Kano, so... But but do they call themselves Kano for a British audience? Because they think that's what we call them. No, because we hear it everywhere. We listen to them on Norwegian things. Oh, okay. I'll let them off then. I'll yeah. let them off with how they describe their own name. Good. That's very big of you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I feel like we have to... Break this down. <laughs> well, we have to talk about the elephant in the room is that I am a massive Kano fan. You are. So, I'm trying to come to this objectively yeah. and fairly... And leaving my bias at the door. But you're going to fail, aren't you? (laughs) I am. Because it's my (laughs) favourite. But it's my favourite despite that. Because I feel like I'm... Hard on it. The same as everybody else. Is We're all Mm. comparing this to their other body of work. Mm -hmm. And while this is incredibly different. It's still related to their other things. Yeah. And you don't want an artist to just do more of the same. No. So the fact that they've tried something different is good. Yeah. It's weird. And I won't pretend that the first time I heard it, I wasn't like, well, what's this? Yeah. But then the second time I heard it, I was already singing along to it in my head. So it's like, oh, okay, it's clearly done its job. Yeah, exactly. A very similar journey for me. Because mm. I thought it sounded a bit like a kid's ditty to begin with. It's a bit... <laughs> ditty. A ditty, darling. <laughs> it was a bit... Oh, really? But then it's got a really good dance-thumping beat behind it. Mm-hmm. And there's so many hooks and things to keep you into it. And her voice on it is amazing. It's just insane, isn't it? Yeah. And even, like, the first line on the semi-final, it's like, oh, okay, we're in safe hands here. Yeah. Like, However... I have to say with that performance, oh, the separation anxiety I felt between Alexandra and Fred and Tom. And it's like them not being together and then being in the box and her being at the front. I didn't like it. I was like, no, open the box quicker. Open the box. I agree with you at the time. But then I thought it was actually quite smart because they've kept the strong vocals and her putting on a proper performance at the front and centre. And then when it breaks into that chorus... The bonkers is sort of contained into a box. Right. So it, it was nice to sort of just then go for it. Yeah. I'm glad they gave Tom a guitar because guitars are always fun. Okay. I didn't like the weird TV. Rocky Horror yeah. mouth. Lips, yeah. I didn't mind the TV screen okay. head people. Yeah. Because they worked quite well in that semi-opaque wall. Yeah. But when it then cut to the glittery lips on a black background. Yeah. For like three seconds it was like pointless that's leaving all of it behind don't do that don't do that and i guess also it means that they come together at the end and that gives you an uplifting feel if they were just all three of them on the stage at the same time it might feel a bit same yeah you you got that on the big note then the walls came down which i was like don't worry that's probably going to happen Mm. (laughs) and then when it did it was like okay that's cool and then they did have that big reunion and the dancers were doing flips (laughs) and stuff and yeah i i thought it was good I thought it was really good. I was happy with it. Okay. The costumes I really liked because they were kind of high fashion. They're into their fashion. Yes. Particularly Tom, I think, the most. Yeah. And he loved his trousers and these boxy trousers. Yeah. Those costumes, like, threw shapes almost on their own. They were really kind of... Yeah. Yeah. They have a very distinct look, don't they? Yeah. And they, they, they are always Kano yeah. when they're doing something. Yeah. Even though they've all got, like, their own personality in their outfits. Yeah. Like, Fred had his little bomber jacket on still. But, it's, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's just cool. I think the thing I love the most about them is they just enjoy themselves so much of the time. So many people are very serious, even when they're singing, like, a, a dance track or a pop track. But they obviously are having the best time. When you saw them come off stage, 
they were still like, yeah, this is great fun. We really enjoyed ourselves yeah. together, you know? And that's something that really connects with an audience, I think. I think also as a band that were formed to perform in Melody Grand Prix mm-hmm. and then they stay together, mm-hmm. it's just gone on and on from that. Because normally you'd come together and you'd have a bit of success and then it would probably drop off and then you'd yeah. go off and do your own things. Yeah. But because they've stayed together and they've built on that, I think it really gives them a foundation of fun in their performances. Yeah. And we should say, if you want to find out what Kano say about themselves, we talked to them in our previous episode. We had a special exclusive interview with them. So please do go back and listen to that if you haven't done so already. They talk about what Dam Degadar means. They talk about their body of work, how it felt not winning in 2021. They even uh, name dropped their designer. Because they, they wouldn't tell us anything about the stage. They really wouldn't. But they didn't take on our advice that they should have unicorns on the stage, did they? No. That was a mistake. That was a mistake. <laughs> they were interested. But... <laughs> so that was Kano's performance with Dam Digadar. We mostly enjoyed it. I was just nervous. I was just like, oh, is it going to be good enough? Because I worry about the fallout, particularly with you. <laughs> it's like, oh, please be good. But you can never worry about their vocals. I mean, Alexandra's vocals were just incredible when she mm. hit that high note. Absolutely. She yeah. brought the walls down. She did, literally. <gasps> Look at you. So we now move into the final part of this edition of Eurovision Queens. We've reviewed, we've discussed, we've critiqued the nine songs that have now made it to the final of Melody Grand Prix 2024. But which one will win? So what we're going to do is we're each going to choose our favourite three songs and then we will move to the three that we think will actually be the top three, regardless of our feeling. So I'm going to start with my top three. Is that okay? Yeah, go for it. My personal top three in third place, Mia Green Lights. In second place, Margaret Berger with Oblivion. But my number one is Kano with Dam Digadar because it's so much fun and it's... It'll do well at Eurovision if it gets through. What about your top three? Yeah, my top three are, I think, going to be Anne Princess with Save Me. Okay. In third. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure about second. It's going to be a toss-up between one or the other. And it's whether I go Oblivion or Green Lights, and I can't decide which one to go with. But I feel like because of the performance, I'm going to go Mia with Green Lights. Okay. And your first place? Kano. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Was that ever in question? <laughs> no, no. I don't know. I even asked. But what do we think are the actual top three on Saturday night in Trondheim? We'll be there asking this very question of ourselves while we're sat in the audience. So in no particular order. Yeah, I think we've got to do that. I think we're not going to say an order for this top three. So I'm certain, regardless of how crap she says, <laughs> I think Erica Norwich and Super Rob will be in the top three. I think so too. If only just for all the kids voting and because it's memorable, it's got a robot, your casual viewing audience will be like, oh, the one with the robot. Yeah. Who's in pink. Yeah. And because it's got such a strong brand. Yeah. From start to finish. And because anime and manga is so big still and it's very much off that, it's going to, you know, really, you know, connect with people in that way. So yeah, I think that will be in the top three. And so do you. Yep. We also are quite certain that Gota will be there with... Overham. Yeah. Even though Stop Press, there's been a lot of, a flurry of tweets this morning about the fact that they have to change their song, NRK have pronounced, because 
of issues to do with, I guess, copyright and using a, a, an old ballad. I don't quite understand, but they have to rewrite their song effectively. Yeah. And this has got lots of weird people on Twitter saying, oh, this is all The to... conspiracies yes. are flying. <laughs> oh, they really are. It's just, calm down, people. It's, it's not nice being on Twitter a lot of the time, is it? No, but they seem to be the internet's choice of winner. Yes, but also probably the Norwegian public, because the Norwegian public love Gote We here. They do, but they've only got about 2,000 followers on their Instagram account. Oh, that's good. So that's not a lot. Okay. And then we've got Kano. Will people like it on one listen? It's, it's, it's so hard to call, but I think we've got to say they're in the top three. They're definitely in the top three. So they're our top three. I would personally love to see one of those other female vocalists in that top three, other than Super Rob and Eric Norwich. I'd love to see Mia there, Margaret Berger, or Anne Princess. I don't think the others have much of a chance. I mean, Goth Minister will be up there, I think. Ingrid Yasmin is a good, strong performance. I don't think it's a good enough song. It's a bit too derivative. And Dag Eric Oxfold and Anne Fagamo, Judge Tendley of Me is a sweet little song, but I think it will get lost in the final. I think so too. How do we think about this set of nine finalists compared to last year at Melody Grand Prix? It feels very different to me. It does, but I, I liked the range of last year. Yeah. This one doesn't quite feel like it's got so much range. Agreed. There's a lot we liked in there last year, and this feels... It's not like it's all similar at all. And, and I'm quite pleased that we didn't get too many gothic ones through. That Waltz of Death, very pleased it didn't make it as well. <laughs> I'm still a little bit upset that Take Me to Heaven didn't get through yeah. by Thomas Jensen, because that was just a big old slice of gay fun. Ah, oh, it was brilliant. He was a really good performer. Had a brilliant vocal as well. I think him and Milo should be there, really, in the top nine. Absolutely. So, that is our hot take on Melody Grand Prix 2024. So the final is less than a week away now on Saturday. We hope this has whetted your appetite for another slice of Eurovision joy in the shape of the Norwegian national final. And if you are tempted to watch the final, make sure to look out for us waving in the crowd. <laughs> yes, like loons. <laughs> Indeed. So if you've enjoyed this episode, we've got an extensive back catalogue of episodes. Do check them out. After this episode, we'll be concentrating on Melody Festivalen as well as talking about big Eurovision news along the way. And we might even have time for our standard format of shows. You keep saying this. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I think it might. I don't know. <laughs> it's so cute. Little... There is no time. This is Eurovision season. Fair. <laughs> so, if you want to connect with us, that would be great fun. On Twitter, at EuroQueensPod. On Instagram, we're Eurovision Queens. And on the old email, eurovisionqueens at gmail.com. Until next time, goodbye. Bye. You've been listening to Eurovision Queens. If you enjoyed the episode, I know that Andy and Ryan would love to hear from you on email, Twitter or Instagram. Better still, why not leave them a review on Apple Podcasts so that other Eurovision fans can find them. 